Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? I'm so great. I'm just like, you know, coming off a day of getting so many things done in our house and being with family and the kids went to bed easy in a nutshell. I mean, other reasons too, but you know, that does it for me. Great day for you. Yeah, it was. Lots of domestic success. Me rearranging furniture is like a very zen place. It is just so good. Well, we're going to break this down in episode 70 of The Long Finish. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the show, episode 70 of The Long Finish. It's my wife, Catherine Weil Coker. Hi. Myself, Tug Coker. Here to talk about really fun wine tonight. Why are we drinking this wine? We're drinking this wine because we needed a bridge, a detente of sorts, of wine tastes, a wine that we could agree on with my parents. So there's two ways we can go with this as a theme. It's like wines from Lebanon or... Wines that you want to drink with your parents when you can't agree on a specific wine. Where to meet. Where to meet. I think this is a great where to meet wine. It was delicious. So, so good. So what's the wine we're drinking tonight? So the wine is the Domaine Ball, Petite Ball, red wine from the Becca Valley of Lebanon, vintage 2018. A juicy, soft, velvety, delicious red wine. Not too high tannin, not too high acid, just lovely. Like everything that you want to drink. And your parents loved it. And I use the past tense, we loved it, because we had the wine about an hour ago with my parents for their final dinner here. My parents have been in town for the past two weeks kind of helping us on emergency mode because, well, frankly, our domestic engineer got a job of a lifetime. Job of a lifetime offer as a private chef that he'd been wanting for a long time. I think like the last two years he's been looking for the right gig and he got it. And much to our dismay, he is no longer with us regularly. Now you still talk to him all the time. I text with him every day. <laughs> I mean, just he's le- just like my left Gretel. arm. Um, yeah. I need him. Some breadcrumbs, like, if you want to come back. I know. I'm, stick it out. Yeah, but here's fun. a really cute picture of our kids. And yeah, just in case. They just said, oh, where's Brando? And <laughs> we miss you. So, yeah, Brando's currently working at a job that he's been excited about, and hopefully that works out for the best. But as soon as I got wind of this information, I called my parents up and I said, I need you. I need you to come out for this transition to where we find new caregivers in the household. And so my parents have come out. It's been two weeks out here. I think the first week, their mind exploded. Now, my sisters are two years apart from me as well. So they had four kids at, you know, six years and uh, under. Three kids. Thank you. I don't have, I don't have three siblings. <laughs> Where's that one? I'm drinking. You forgot to tell me about <laughs> yeah. that. But there's three of us that were all five and under. It's very similar to the kids we have now. But I think my parents, frankly, forgot. Of course they did. It's also, we also have... Three boys. boys. It's a there is like an energy difference, it's just a, a wrestling need that's constant. So it's a lot. It's a lot, and they just they're amazing. They were just amazing in like 
entertaining them and having fun with our family and helping us with dinners and fix our house. Ugh, it was an awesome visit. Yeah, big week for us as we transitioned into two kids being out of the house at the same time for multiple hours of the day. School, school. Oh, man. Huge for us. I'm sure we're talking to a lot of other parents right now that are like having their mimosas at 9.30 (laughs) on a Tuesday. Like, yeah, kids are gone. No. That wasn't, that wasn't me. <laughs> no, we were just um, like, zonked. what do I do with yeah, myself? Yeah, what do we do with free time? Oh but, parents, oh, but we have another baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do have another one. <laughs> but my parents came out and they you know, went to school with my our oldest son. And then they saw the first soccer practice, the first game this weekend. So a lot of fun firsts for my parents to be out here. But now they leave, they leave tomorrow morning. As of the taping, they'll be gone. And it'll be back to you and me. To sort of figure it out again. And it was nice to have some help because I know Catherine had this dream of re- kind of rearranging our house and she did that today. She found a common bond with my dad. They both oh, love man. organizing. Yeah, Who knew? We were just in it. Yeah. I'll just invite him anytime. Real he vibe between to, the two of you. Uh, reorganize furniture. Yeah. I think he was like, wow, let's do this. And so each night, you know, they rented an Airbnb about a mile away from us and we go over there a bunch that was really fun i mean there's probably some listeners out there that live close to their parents their grandparents and they realize how special that is we don't have that luxury but it was nice to have that for two weeks where we could feel like let's just go over oh it's awesome and you know someone can make us dinner for the night and we'll have you know makers and ginger ales and a glass of wine what a dream yeah so we're we're trying to lean on them to move out here but uh, if you live in california southern california you know it's not easy to buy a house anywhere in la yeah. Especially on the west side. So, But we'll keep leaning on them. We'll keep playing the lottery, see what we get. But each night, you know, Catherine and I would sort of converse about what's a wine that we could bring over to them that they would enjoy. And one thing I should mention about my parents is we've kind of seen their evolution of wine tastes change over the years. I know. When, when I first met them, they were really into Oregon Pinots. They were also into some Pinot Noirs from Sonoma. I remember Etude. This is before Etude was really big when Tony Soder was still in charge of Etude and other Pinot Noirs that they loved. And, and then they started, they were traveling and they got into South African wines. Your dad was really into Pinotage and other reds that he had from South Africa. Now, I will say they've always been huge red wine drinkers. We, we did um, have some rosé over the weekend, yeah. but that was kind of here and there. Never got into white wine. Very we, little sparkling. Yep. Okay. Every now and then we've had something with them, but really yeah. in general, leaning red. And so it's always my goal whenever they visit, okay, I got to have a slew of wines that they're going to really enjoy and that we're going to enjoy drinking too. And I'm sure so many of you know this, you've got to find wines that you can come together with, with different friends or maybe even with your spouse or your brother and sister, whatever, you need these crossover wines. And they're going to be different depending on your relationships. You know, like if someone likes white and you like red, well, maybe you're going to have chilled reds or rosé. You know, I mean, it depends on everybody. But for us in general, now your parents have evolved to loving bigger red wines. They love Malbecs from Argentina. They love Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa. And so... And they like like fruit and they like soft, big, velvety, textured wines. And we 
tend to like more earthy, a little more crunchy, a little bit lighter reds. So where do we find a common ground? Luckily, that's my job. It is fun for us because you and I don't drink a lot of bigger reds. Right. We often say the only time we really want to drink big reds is when we're, sh- we're sharing the bottle. You and I have an ability to maybe finish off a bottle of sparkling or white or rosé by ourselves, but for red, it really is best for it's sharing. Rare. Yeah. So it's nice to have people that are interested in some bigger wines because it's a chance for you to kind of look around Esther's or other places and say, well, what would be fun? What would be a fun, let's meet in the middle wine? Absolutely. And, and I will say that I don't want to carry any wine at Esther's or buy any wine that I wouldn't want to drink at home, at least a glass of. Now, doesn't mean... You know, it's always my go-to, but I got to look on the shelf and know that I'm going to drink everything there. Totally agree. But I'm glad you brought this up because there are so many times in our listeners, our lives, we're trying to find a common ground between people who like different types of wine. So let's talk about the wine that we had tonight. And let's talk about some of those principles that you use when you're trying to meet in the middle with a wine that will appeal to so many different wine drinkers. So the wine that we're drinking... Or we drank, <laughs> is the Domain Ball Petite Ball Red Wine from Becca Valley, Lebanon, 2018. Lebanon, not seeing a lot of wine from Lebanon. It doesn't produce too much wine. The most famous wine from Lebanon is the Chateau Moussar, which m- you may have seen on wine lists here or there. Beautiful wine, mostly Bordeaux varietals for the red wines. They're often um, either released late or the vintage wines are available. So you can get older vintages of these wines. They're natural wines, organic, native yeast, unfiltered, unfined. They're a little funky. They're beautiful wines. This wine we're drinking tonight, Domain Ball, is not that. It's very, very clean. It is organically farmed, but it doesn't taste in any way like a quote-unquote natural wine. It's not filtered either. Started in the 90s by a family in the Becca Valley. That's where almost, well, really where all the vineyards are in Lebanon. And just to give you a little context, if you don't have a map in your head, if you're looking at the Mediterranean Sea, you have Turkey, right? And just below Turkey, you have Syria. And then to the west of Syria, right on the Mediterranean coast is Lebanon. It's just north of Israel, north of Jerusalem. And so it's small, it's coastal, big thing for wine. Access to the coast, access to that like um, not too hot, not too cold Mediterranean climate. Becca Valley is where it's all going down. And the main grape variety there is Cabernet Sauvignon, believe it or not. Big influence from Bordeaux. So Domain Ball started in the 90s, a small family winery, all organically grown from the very, very beginning. And this wine is 80% Syrah, 20% Merlot. And I just think this wine is so drinkable. It is just a big plush, soft, velvety red. Syrah tends to be medium to full body, tends to be medium to medium plus tannin, has medium plus acid. And this wine, it doesn't have too heavy a tannin. It's a little bit softer. The acid isn't too high. It's more medium. And it still has all that blackberry fruit, that plum. It has pepper and a little bit of olive and 
bacon, but it's all rounded out by that fresh, juicy fruit, little bit of vanilla, and it's just enjoyable to drink. It's just really easy, but it's very balanced. The fruit isn't too ripe. It's not too oaky. It's a really, really balanced version of a big red wine. I think it's fabulous. And it's by the glass at Esther's, just in case you want to come try it. Do you recall what my parents said about the wine? Your dad said, well, I always like it when they say, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I know, oh, okay. Because I said from the beginning, I'm not going to say anything about this. Dad says, what is this? And I said, it's from Lebanon. Lebanon, no kidding. I said, yes, there's red wines from Lebanon. Told him about Chateau Moussard. And I said, this is 80% Syrah, 20% Merlot. I said, well, you know, he's in a wine club. This would be fun to feature for your wine club. And I said, you know what would be really fun to do for your wine club is Syrah from around the world. You could do this Syrah from Lebanon, maybe uh, one from a Shiraz from Australia, Syrah from California, and Syrah from southern France from the Rhone Valley, which is the birthplace of Syrah, the home of Syrah. And see, um, you know, brown bag the wines and see if your friends can guess them. Lebanon's pretty big curveball there. And when you're thinking about wines to appease multiple palates, what's your what's your thought process with that? And why did you land on this wine? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about why what we like about lighter reds and what we like about red wine. You and I like wines with not too much tannin. So even if they're a full-bodied wine, they can't have too much tannin. I think that's what is the main issue for us and they have to have wine it has to be a wine with good acidity and then I think about your parents they love cabs they love bigger reds I think because they love that plush mouthfeel it's not about tannins it's not like they love Barolo or something they love that plush mouthfeel so where can we get a bigger red that has that plush mouthfeel and some good fruit but also has nice acidity and not too heavy tannins That's a big ask, right? So a lot of times we end up landing on Zinfandel. We have landed on Syrah before, but I have to be careful that it's not a Syrah with too much tannin. And this one doesn't have too much. I think either because it's blended with Merlot or just the nature of this wine. It sounds like less tannin is agreeable for everyone in the group. Right? Exactly. That's kind of our yeah. common ground. Now, if which which, are, which takes out things like Nebbiolo. Correct. And uh, what what what's another wine that? I mean, just heavy? maybe well, Bordeaux yeah. or a Cabernet from Napa can be on the more tannic side for us. So, what can I get that feels like a Cab from Napa but isn't is not as tannic? That's not to say that you and I wouldn't happily drink a Barolo. We would, but I don't think that's in their wheelhouse either. You and I would definitely drink Nebbiolos. We have some in our house, for but it's about sure. how do we ap- appeal and appease to all the drinkers that we're having dinner with. Exactly. Yeah. So less tannin. It doesn't have as much tannin. So I think we just have to find a common ground. So if you if you like red wine and I like white wine, what do I like about white? I like that white is refreshing and chilled. What do you like about red wine? You like that red wine has a lot more flavor and you like the juiciness of it or something. 
I don't know. I'm just making that up. Okay, then we can end up on a chilled red. It's refreshing and delicious and it's cold, which is what I like about white wine. It's juicy and it's a red wine, which is what you like. So every person, you know, both sides that are meeting in the middle here kind of have to like give up something, but in order to try something new. So, I mean, frankly, it's great if you're out to dinner with another couple and you can use the sommelier to say, okay, we like this and they like that. Sommeliers love this stuff. This is like what we live for. I was for. just going to say. This, this is, is like our dream yes. of the the job. This is like our favorite thing. You know, it's matchmaking. It's pairing up. Ooh, let me find something new. And the fun of it is that usually both sides end up finding something new, trying something new that they aren't normally. You and I don't normally drink Syrah or red blends. Your parents don't always drink Syrah. And let me just make a small plug for Syrah because it is totally not loved enough. If we have it on by the glass, it gets ordered, but it just hardly ever gets ordered by the bottle. It's just not, especially California Syrah or New World Syrah, it's just not, it doesn't have this great following. And, you know, Cab is totally king and Pinot Noirs, you know, nobody's ever met a Pinot Noir they didn't like. And Syrah just sort of sits there. Why, Why is that? I think because it's not as known. It doesn't have this personality as much. I also think, you know, Pinot Noir is light and pretty. Cabernet is super heavy and tannic, and Syrah's kind of in the in the middle. People end up liking red blends. That's a thing for sure. But just straight Syrah, not as much. Now, Psalms, a lot of sommeliers are very into the northern Rhone. That's like the next wave beyond Beaujolais is Syrah from Cornas or Syrah from the northern Rhone is just the thing for many sommeliers because it's a step more in depth and heavier than burgundy but finesse and complex in the same way we're in the, heading into fall it feels like a perfect time to be getting into syrah so perfect it yeah. really is so be on the lookout for some syrah and when we talk about syrah we got to talk about food pairings tonight we had chicken tetrazzini which was a staple in my house was it really? Growing up, absolutely. Oh, we, my god! It was like of the casserole world that my parents made a lot of. It was delicious. My, my mom, I should say, made a lot of casseroles growing up. My mom made some dishes for us this past week, which was a lot of fun. You, know, you and I cook a lot, so it's nice to have someone else kind of. And your mom us. is a great. No, she's a great cook. Great cook. Really good. You know what she made last night? This like beef stew. I forget what it's called, but it's like beef stew, like like mushrooms and I don't know the wine we had tonight would be amazing with that beef stew my mom is notorious for not giving away her recipes oh she shouldn't she holds them very close to the chest but um maybe we can drag one, that one out of her she she said she would give we wanted to do a trade actually because I had the I had the cooked pork shoulder dish oh, that she yeah. wanted so maybe we'll negotiate a trade but Ooh. Talking about all these food pairings, let's let's talk about what what other things that might go well with the wine that we had tonight, or Syrahs in general. Yeah, I think you know definitely it's a meat loving wine. That beef stew is great. Like a hamburger is fantastic. Steak is great. It can be a little much for just white meats like chicken or pork. Uh, great with like a sausage. Or great with spicy things. Great with barbecue. Tonight would really be great with like anything smoky. 
smoky barbecue because it's just that juicy, juicy fruit and not too heavy tannin. It's a great wine. And where can you go out and find Syrahs, obviously, but if not Syrahs, even more specifically, wines from Lebanon? Well, wines from Lebanon, the most famous, as I said, is Chateau Moussard. And I would look for that in a fine wine store or for sure on restaurant wine lists. That's the number one place you're going to find it. You will always find value in Chateau Moussard as well. Amazing value for vintage wines and trying something a little funky and different and aged from Lebanon. Go for it. Probably not going to find that in a lot of stores. Certainly not Total Wine, if that's your store of choice. But you could find a lot of other Syrahs. And I would suggest trying a Syrah tasting, as I suggested to your dad. You know, Syrah from the Rhone Valley. Syrah from Australia, also known as Shiraz. Syrah from California. Great Syrahs from Washington State. So um, that might be really a fun way to do it in terms of exploring the grape variety. And you also, you know, because it isn't the ever popular Pinot Noir or Cabernet Sauvignon, you're always going to get a little more value with Syrah. It's a great wine that we had tonight. I will say just, you know, even selfishly, like when you drop a wine uh, amongst friends that's from Lebanon, I feel like that's going to add such cool point factor because it's such a unique place from which to get a wine so look into those small pocket regions and also look into Syrah it's a great time as we get the beginnings of fall to uh, dip back into those red wine bottles in your library including Syrah for sure all right now we come to the last portion of the evening which is what has been inspiring us this week Catherine do you have anything yes I would say other than your fantastic parents who I just adore Thank you for your amazing visit. I will say I have been enjoying this podcast for quite a while, and it's fantastic for any of the other parents out there. It's called Unruffled by Janet Lansbury. If you don't know Janet Lansbury, she is the guru. Oh my gosh, especially for parenting of children under five and under. She's just all about her, one of her fantastic books that I have here is Toddler Discipline Without Shame. No Bad Kids. It is just great. And her podcasts are fabulous. I love the way she models talking to kids like they're real human beings, which they are. And she just has a fabulous way about her, you know, 20 to 30 minute podcast on, uh, you know, something you need help with boundaries or whatever it is, you know, your kids drawing with marker on the wall. She's a great help. So thank you, Janet Lansbury, for all that you do. I love your books and your podcast, and I highly, highly recommend. Well, my inspiration is very simple. It is my parents came out for two weeks to basically keep us afloat. Me in particular, being able to spend time with my parents is such a pleasure. I got to watch them be with my kids, our kids, which is a lot of fun. And uh, to see my dad, basically, my dad loves a chore. He always like has to be active. He's like a shark. He doesn't really sleep or whatever. So we just, There's no relaxing. There's no relaxing. And so to see him kind of help us want to make improvements on our home and have my mom uh, make herself available to cook some dinners and things like that is just, it seems like um, there's this, you know, metaphor that people use in the movie world called Sliding Doors, which is a Gwyneth Paltrow movie from years ago, which basically shows people, I think it showed Gwyneth Paltrow like what an alternate life would look like. It just sort of is a window into the idea of like, what if we lived back in Virginia and we lived three miles away from 
our parents and we could pop over after work, et cetera, et cetera. I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast probably have these same conundrums. Some people live close to parent grandparents and they're able to be around and available and some are like us where we see them four times a year, six times a year for lucky. So it's really nice for them to be able to come out. And I know that my mom and dad listen to the show. And so this is a show dedicated to them basically talking about the whole episode. So just concluding to say thank you. Um, really grateful and appreciative to have your time and your willingness to deal with kids who are five to almost three years old and four months. I mean, it's just basically energy. And I remember, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, but the first week it was like people had been like burnt with a flamethrower. I mean, it was like looking at their just faces. It was like, face. yeah, it was just like, <laughs> it was like they just lived through a tornado. And, uh, you know, it's like a cartoon tornado where like the hair was blown back. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't reach for like a cocktail fast enough. And so, I mean, you and I just, we're just in it. You know, just, people yeah. kind of step into More it. They're like, it. they're like, what is this? What is this? So I really appreciate. I know you do too, Catherine. Uh, the time. Oh my that gosh, my the generosity yes. and of their time and their energy and and in helping us, unbelievable. It wasn't like we were even really relaxed. We were just doing stuff the whole time, which is basically the next twenty years of our life. So I will say, two days ago, I did have a forty-five minute nap that was epic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also had my dad bring his golf clubs out. We played a couple rounds of golf because I had to use him as cover to get on the golf course. Mm -hmm. So, uh, thanks for admitting that. Which was which was a blast. It was a blast <laughs> to be with him. Thank you. All right, that's it. That's it for episode seventy of the Long Finish. Episode seventy is in the books. As always, if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, it would mean a lot to us. It would mean a lot to my parents. Catherine, where can they find you and the Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Facebook. You can find the Long Finish at the Long Finish on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. I'm hoping that this fall we'll have a few more guests on the show. Trying to make that happen. We'll obviously continue to bring some great bottles of wine for you all to find, discover, and enjoy. So stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great start to your fall. Have a great week in general. Everyone be safe, be healthy, be smart, and happy drinking. Ciao.